there's this misconception in social media, especially even for brands or businesses, but especially for people and entrepreneurs. Oh, we've already posted that. How many times do you see the same TV commercial? Hundreds, thousands. Now, I'm not saying you should post the same exact piece of content four times a week, but you reuse your greatest hits, replay your greatest hits. So look at the data, look at what performed well, and you repost it and reuse it. This is the Yield Coach Show, Season 1, Episode 14. I'm your host, Ian Brown. As always, we bring you dynamic entrepreneurs, real estate investors, business leaders, and inspirational guests ready to open up, share their story, the good, the bad, the ugly, so you can learn lessons, gain advantages, and accelerate your own success. A couple of quick housekeeping items. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Yield Coach to watch these episodes live. We stream any in-person episodes live. You can get your questions answered in real time on air. Also, we have our Employee to Entrepreneur video course out. You can click the link in our Instagram bio, or you can follow us at yield-coach.com for the ebook or the video course for aspiring real estate investors. Very excited today. I am joined by our guest, Ryan Alford. Ryan is a Clemson University alum, marketing and advertising concentration. He's the founder of GVL Hustle, an event company for upstate South Carolina businesses with Merchant Sales donated to United Way of Greenville, South Carolina. He's the founder of Comradery, a co-working space for business professionals. He's also the founder of the Radcast, a business podcast. And he is founder of Radical, media, web development, e-commerce development company. Very excited to have Ryan on the show. Ryan, welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm hoping that I can fit one of those monikers, you know, appropriately. I don't know. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> I love a good Renaissance man, and you have the bio of one. So, and your concentrations are completely dissimilar to mine. So, I think this will be fun. Um, yeah. Media marketing. Yes, I have a podcast, but it's um, you know we've been learning as we go. So, I'm excited to speak with you. Um, if you could give us a little bit about yourself, I know uh, you know the Clemson alum. I like that part of the country. I, I mentioned before the show aired. My in-laws just bought a house up on Lake Hartwell in Anderson near Clemson. So. I'm kind of slowly falling in love with that part of the country. But, yeah, tell us about yourself. Yeah, man. Uh, born and raised in South Carolina in the upstate here. I'm in Greenville now. <clears throat> That's where our studio office and uh, mixed-use space is at. Um, I went to Clemson, one of the rare people who actually went into marketing from from the get-go. I've been a marketing guy my whole life, even as a kid, uh, and went into marketing at Clemson came out, went to work for an ad agency, have been in the ad agency and or marketing space, either working client side or agency side for 22 years. I spent five years in Manhattan working right off Madison Avenue with the largest brands in the world on campaigns every household would know is familiar uh, for Verizon and Apple, Samsung, Denny's, Budweiser, kind of the who's who's of brands. and. Moved back to South Carolina uh, in 2014 and was the chief marketing officer at a couple of uh, firms and then started Radical right at four years ago. And when I started Radical, uh, started the podcast, the Radcast, we're a marketing and business podcast, top 100 on Apple and Spotify um, in the world. So I've uh, been really blessed and spent a whole career, uh, you know, so far in marketing and advertising. 
Yeah, that's impressive. I saw on your bio 20 years in marketing and advertising and you're, you know, you're still, at least from my view, is still a younger man. So that makes sense. You've been in it, you know, since you were essentially a teenager and, um, and that big national exposure uh, with the national ad agencies. Uh, you know, we can jump into your various companies and your endeavors, but just going right back to that moment, anything you took from, you know, the big New York ad agency days that, you know, kind of puts you where you are, some big takeaways that you've been able to take from the big boys down to the, the more micro? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, I'll say this, I try not to soapbox too much, like, but like, you know, entrepreneurism's got really popular and, you know, and I, I love that it's gotten more accessible and we live in a day and age where you can go after it. But, you know, what I took away is I learned and got experience from the best and the brightest in my field for 17 years before applying that into starting my own company. And that alone doesn't guarantee success, but experience matters. And it matters because you don't know what you don't know until you experience it. And so I've been on and seen the challenges from the smallest of business to the largest of business. I've spent hours in the boardrooms with C-suite at an age that I had no business being there, but had the chops to do it. And, you know, I absorbed a lot and I learned that, you know, experience matters. I absorbed, I was highly curious, asked a lot of questions, but was also um, someone that from, a, from early on, I am really good at um, turning complex things into small steps to success. And it's proven me well, but I've learned from some of the best of the best and absorbed that. And so there's a lot of marketing acumen that I've gained from others over that time period. But, you know, the biggest thing I've learned and, and what I, I try to preach, preach to people is both patience um, and absorbing and being willing to kind of learn from others because, you know, that success is driven from a lot of experience. That's a really good answer. And I, you know, in my real estate world, you know, even, even like I mentioned with the intro, we have a digital course to kind of help people go from being employee to entrepreneur, but you're right. There's a level of experience that you don't want to, there's some mistakes that are so costly. They just take you out of the game forever. And, and you really don't want, you don't want it to happen to you. You don't want it to happen to anybody like in a mastermind or anyone that you're mentoring. And, um, so I just turned 40 and a lot of my peer group is starting to hit kind of the higher income portion of their professional existence. And many of them, they might be over leveraged or, you know, a little melancholy at work, but I try to make sure, cause they'll meet me and be like, Oh, I want to, I want to buy apartments. I want to do commercial deals like you. I want to, I want to do what Ian Brown's doing. It's, it's not for everyone. And to your point, you know, I got in, let's see here, 16 years ago, I got a real estate license. I'm a Florida attorney, a Florida appraiser, and most of my experience was gained not using my own money. I was writing appraisals for banks, um, doing real estate closings for hundreds of people, thousands of properties, writing contracts on behalf of others and studying the market on behalf of others before I ever put you know, one of my own dollars into a deal, which was maybe six years ago. So to your point, you know, I, I was in a double digit experience before I got too, you know, too aggressive with my own money. And another way people can do that in my world would be be a limited partner in a deal and make sure you invest with a general partner that's going to open his books and show you everything. So if, if you and I wanted to be limited partners in an apartment syndication, I would only do that if I was going to see 
all of their analytics, all of their due diligence, all of their cash flows, their rent roll, their P&L. I want to see everything. So if, you know, Ryan and I want to go and do our own deal next, at least we got through a deal with some insulation and safety. And the worst that could happen is we lose a limited partner investment. Yeah, makes a lot so, of sense. And it's smart, you know, hedge your bets a bit. <laughs> exactly. Um, so do you mind jumping into, um, you have, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five companies that were uh, listed on your bio. What, If you don't mind, you know, you have the Dom 360, the GVL Hustle, in, in no particular order. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the about what you run and in, in your enterprises? I mean, you know, some of these are, you know, active. Some of them are passive. I mean, the biggest thing that I do in my day-to-day is running Radical, which is our full-service digital agency. And we work with... Uh, medium, I'll say, small to medium. I mean, it, it, we're not working with mom and pops, but probably $5 million plus in revenue. Um, clients that leverage marketing to either grow their brand awareness or drive conversions if they're e-commerce. Um, we work uh, a lot in the B2B space, and then we do build some e-commerce sites in the direct-to-consumer space. And, you know, the biggest thing that we really are is an innovator in social media and content. We produce about 5,000 pieces of content, video content a month out of our studio here in Greenville. Um, we have a full, full production suite. We're actually even producing a comedy TV show. So we're a full production house, but we're also a marketing agency. Um, and we help, you know, as our name implies, you know, it's both a rallying cry and uh, kind of hold ourselves to a standard can't call yourself radical and do average boring content. Um, so we help B2B companies kind of break out and stand out on social media through, you know, both ads and then of course, like just amazing content. And so that's my bread and butter. Um, we kind of have two segments that we're kind of growing in the B2B space and actually part of, you know, I think we'll talk about it a little bit is the personal branding space. We help leaders, um, owners, business owners, uh, blow up their personal brands because in 2022 being known matters. Uh, the days of starting a company as a shadow um, behind the desk, you can still do it, but the leverage and the opportunity that's available when you are easily found, known, um, and famous in your field pays a lot of leverage and a lot of opportunity in whatever business that you do. So we help uh, leaders grow in this area, developing strategy, developing content, and then uh, compounding interest in their thought leadership and their personality. It's equal parts PR, social media, and magic. (laughs) And I have a lot of respect for just what you said because I'm a guy who, before starting the Yield Coach platform, which is only a little over a year old, um, did not use social media for fun. Um, I'm right in that generation where like almost all my friends from undergrad don't have social media account. Many of them have nothing. And so like, they don't even know that I'm doing this right now. (laughs) And so it's so like getting the message out, you know, and I had a great Rolodex of real estate owners, commercial owners, but you know, social media wasn't getting them. It might get like their sons or daughters and maybe like some of their grandkids. So I, you know, I was trying to do so much of what you already know, but from the MailChimp list, the social media, the podcast, and Again, a lot of respect for what you're doing because I, I find it 
I find it mind numbing, you know, and the, the, the personal brand side, you know, um, I could do the deals that I've been doing for the past six years that have been very good to me. I could just keep going alone and, and bring on a partner or two. But to really scale, you're right. People today, they want to get to know you. Like, who's Ian Brown? Who's Yield Coach? Who's Ryan? And uh, they expect to see relatively you know, intimate things about you. And they want to know, like, who, are, who am I working with? What kind of guy is this? What does he look like? What, how does he walk? How does he, how does he dance in a reel? <laughs> you know, and... Um, right. And so I do respect that. Can you, can you speak a little bit like to that, the personal branding side? I, I tend to, I might not have agreed a year or two ago, but now I totally get it. And um, I see people online and I know they're really doing it, accomplishing really impressive commercial real estate investment deals. And it's really because of like quality personal branding above and beyond. You know, I'm a attorney, broker, appraiser, and I'm going to, I'm going to lose deals to somebody else that just has a good personal brand in the commercial real estate space the biggest thing is you have to flip the switch mentally that personal branding is no longer invasive but it's opportunity that's the mental switch you, because what most people are not naturally wanting to be known and feel like they're, they're they feel like they're being invaded upon and the only way to overcome that is to flip the switch of opportunity on from invasive to opportunity because no matter what you want, you have this amazing opportunity to start relationships before you even meet someone. And everything in life is still, until robots rule the world, is based on humanity, human. B to H is what we preach here at Radical, business to human. It's not B to B, it's not B to C, it's B to H. And the only way that you can leverage this is to flip that switch so that now you don't have to give away every intimate secret of your life or every intimate moment of your life. I don't, and I'm out there way more than most people. Um, and But you do have this opportunity to show what you know the real person is to allow someone to have a window into how you are professionally, how you are some level personally, and you can go as far or you know as deep or as wide as you want on those things. But it becomes this window into opportunity because you don't ever know who's watching and these channels are free. And yes, you may need to pay for strategy and assistance, but in general, these are channels that are just sitting there waiting to be used. And yes, you could amplify them and do things that do have cost associated with it, but at least getting started is free. So to not leverage that opportunity for business it's it's uh quite limiting <laughs> i can see that and you know again I, I i told you before we started this recording you know i'm a real estate guy i'm not a marketing guy i'm just doing my best but a lot of people especially commercially i mean i have to kind of jab my commercial guys a little bit residential has been ahead of us commercial guys you know they were quick on video social media some of like even like the floor plans and drone footage and just the commercial guys were just so used to like lower competition, working this kind of old gray sphere of influence, the, the bigger money, the slower moving projects. And I'm starting to see, and you might have an opinion on this, Ryan, but I'm starting to see the commercial real estate guys catch up and sometimes exceed over the residential guys on the marketing. Certainly they, they can have bigger budgets if they're doing large multi, multi-million dollar projects. But, you know, I think the days of being able to like stick a sign on a commercial parcel throw it up on your commercial MLS and expect to have a career. If you've got maybe a 20, 30 year track record, maybe, but some young guy is going to show up 
with a great personal brand and just eat your lunch. Uh, and so I, I see it changing right before my eyes. 100% and probably the biggest player in that space who's been a guest on the Radcast. Go look at our January, our first episode this January, Grant Cardone. <laughs> biggest, mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest known. He's not the biggest. There's bigger guys out there, maybe less known people, but they've been in it a long time. But Grant Cardone's huge commercial real estate guy. Him and Elena have both been on the Radcast talking about that very thing. And again, the opportunities that Grant's gets put in front of him every day because the, of the investment he's made in his personal brand in his 10 X brand, you know, has been genius. And, you know, it's, it's a testament to exactly what you just said. And, you know, you will get lost because again, with Google and everything else, whether it's your social media, people are Googling your name and looking you up, no matter whether you think they are or not. And it's up to you to tell the story of what gets found. <laughs> Would you rather it just be whatever happens to come up or do you want to control what comes up when people are searching your name? Exactly. I don't need some old article from the Tallahassee Democrat when I was you know, having fun at Florida State. Or something you know, worse, uh, heaven forbid, you, you know, maybe were involved with something. Obviously, if it's criminal, that's a whole other story. I don't even mean that. But, you know, it could just be something silly or dumb or, you know, unrelated to business. And it's like you have the, the opportunity to control that narrative. And it's not because you're being manipulative. You're just, again, you're able to write the story. Now, when you... um. When you work with real estate companies, you know, the um, a lot of these companies, they're they actually are multi generational and they really have I'll speak for my northeast Florida market. Many of them have not caught up to like a, a, a big digital presence. I imagine that's probably a, a common client for you. You said you like the five million revenue plus um, what would be like a typical you don't have to go into granular detail. Sure. But what would be like a typical onboarding for, you know, like a crusty commercial real estate development company? Yeah, I mean, first. The, the starter for us is, I mean, we're lucky enough. I, I mean, again, I'm not saying we pick and choose everything, but we, we do choose who we work with, and they have to be ready, able, and willing to commit to marketing. They're ready because they've gone, and whether or not it's been through watching others coming around them, but we, we just do not accept anyone that's got a, a toe in that's going – I think this could work, but I'm not sure. And if you convince me, I might do it. No, it's, the meeting stops right there. So um, I don't say that like in arrogance. I just say that like it's a waste of time unless someone's ready. That means they've seen what's happening. They've embraced it. There's at least someone within the organization that's championing it. And they're ready to make this leap, this commitment, and this investment. Uh, because it's not a one-month venture. It's not a three-month venture. Um, it's quite frankly a lifetime venture, maybe not even with us, but at least to the process of what it takes to get done, whether you pay someone to do it or you have someone internally. So that's kind of step one. And then once we're past that roadblock, it's, it's really, I'm still a firm believer in strategy versus tactics. Um, we've got all the tactics in the world, but we start with a firm strategy of you can't get where you want to go unless you create a map to get there. And so we identify what are the goals, what do we think is realistic, what are we trying to make happen, what does success look like, and we'll help people with what some of those things can be. But that's the clear thing. And then we back our way into a strategy to get there. And then, then we start to blend in 
the messaging, the video, the tactics, the social media strategy, um, some of the deployment things. And so we bake out a plan that's specific to each client depending on that roadmap. And that's where I'm heavily involved. You know, I have a team that does a lot of this and they've learned and I've trained them, but I've been doing it for a long time where I start at the strategic roadmap side. I build the roadmaps for almost every client we have now, um, even to this day, because again, if I can do it for Apple or Verizon Wireless, I can do it for a $5 million company. (laughs) Right. And Ryan, could you give us just an example? I like what you said, like strategy over tactics. And I think I understand what you're saying, but could you just give us broad strokes, kind of a distinguishing tactic for strategy? Okay. A tactic would be, we need to do video. We need to do video. We really got to get active on LinkedIn. That's tactics. Strategy would be, we need to elevate the relevance of our CEO. We need him to be a thought leader in commercial real estate so that we meet more partners that we can invest in the Miami market. That's a, that's a goal. And then the strategy to get there might be we need interactive videos that feature the CEO with use, leveraging borrowed interest from people that he knows that have celebrity status in that market which we will then create video and put it on LinkedIn. There's very, the tactics are, we just need to do video. We need to do more LinkedIn posts. We need to be more active on TikTok. Those are tactics. But the strategy is, what are we trying to do and how do we get there? And so a lot of what we get bombarded with, like as social media consumers, really is just tactics. So it's like, you know, make sure you're posting reels every day or this or that or, or whatever somebody says. Those are just tactics, and without some guidance, who knows who knows where all these where it takes you. That's exactly you know? right. And what happens yeah. is, once you create the roadmap and you've defined, you know, where you want to go, and the strategy is the how we're going to get there, and it really makes the decisions easy from a marketing standpoint. Where the decisions are hard is when you haven't done those things. It's where you're constantly going, well, "What are we going to post about today?" What are we going to talk about today? What, what's, what's, you know, hey, get that Facebook post up. You know, like a lot of times what we see with companies that are behind or you're doing this, they just think it's activity, you know, like activity for activity's sake. Did we post that Facebook this week? <laughs> you know, like how many times, you know, have companies gone, you know, I can hear the conversations. Did we get that post up? Uh, yeah, you, you got it up. We showed the flower garden out in front of the office. It was so beautiful today. Right. (laughs) And and on my side, I notice, you know, like on the engagement side, like if I do something that seems mundane to me, but it just maybe it's unique. Like like yesterday, we put out a bunch of these ballpoint. It's you probably know ballpoint marketing, but the the robotic handwritten cursive. Well, I haven't tried those before. So we just I just hit the two main markets I want to hit for multifamily in Jacksonville. They went out yesterday. All I did was a short little video of that, and I can already see more engagement and more DMs on the side, and people are probably curious to see, do I get anything out of it? I almost didn't even record it, but in the beginning, I was like, okay, I should just do like more stock stuff and Happy Easter and this and that, and like, and here's the office, and here, that had such low engagement, and I know that's more tactic than strategy, but if your strategy is a personal brand engagement, if you're trying to break down the barrier to entry, like 
let's say I want to bring on someone that might put a hundred thousand deals deal um, dollars into a apartment syndication deal. Well, if they've already been listening to you and me and a few other episodes, that conversation is going to be so much easier uh, than if I just go shake their hand. Hey, I just put a hundred units under contract. Do you want it? And here's our waterfall structure. They don't know who I am. That's exactly right. And and you've nailed it because. And I don't want to discount the tactics. I mean, I don't, I don't like overthink every single thing, but I do think, especially with personal branding, there's two Trojan horses with content development when you're getting started. Number one is having a podcast like you're doing here, because that creates content. You get a minute, or excuse me, an hour, or thirty minutes, or whatever. You can break it up into segments, into highlight clips, you can, images. You got quotes, so that's one thing. The other thing is is documenting the journey, which is what you just described, which is people want to see how other people in their field get things done. And we're all a bit voyeuristic, but we're also curious. And so documenting what you're doing combined with podcasting are like two of the lowest hanging fruit for content development kind of storytelling. I like that. So I'm, I'm off on the right path, right? You right? are. You're crushing it, dude. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, this kind of, t- I think I know what you might have to say about this, but I wrote down a question uh, before the show. And given that you have such a, you know, this 20 plus year marketing experience from national to regional, wh- what's the most like common mistake you see? I wrote it as common mistake for entrepreneurs, but let's just say your clients because um, they're either in business or they're, you know, starting up as entrepreneurs. Um, they, a couple things. Number one, they think that. Posting or talking about something one time and everyone that needed to see it, hear it, know it, knows it. (laughs) Uh, There's this misconception in social media, especially, even for brands or businesses, but especially for people and entrepreneurs, oh, we've already posted that. How many times do you see the same TV commercial? Hundreds, thousands. Now, I'm not saying you should post the same exact piece of content four times a week, but you reuse your greatest hits, replay your greatest hits. So look at the data, look at what performed well, and you repost it and reuse it. Um, so that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Is, and, and the consistency, I, it's still back to kind of like the short-termism. People think that like they checked the box and they got something done. And branding takes time and awareness takes time. And you've got to remind people. You know, I'm even amazed. I mean, I have a pretty big following on TikTok and on Instagram and even LinkedIn. But and I sometimes fall into this and have to remind myself, you know, that I've got to remind people exactly what I do. And some of these things that are key levers that I think they should be doing, that there's got to be a lot of this. It falls into some of the seven steps that I that I kind of say are the undeniable truths in marketing. But and that's just consistency um, and repetition. Um, and that's the biggest thing I see people fall in and out of is they don't stay consistent with their messaging and they don't do it enough. I saw before I started this, this yield coach podcast, I was just doing some preliminary research and, and yes, there are more podcasts than ever, but if you look at podcasts that ran over like 30 months, 36 months, it, it just drops way off. And I think to your point, being able to stick in there and have some staying power and reminding people what you do. I know people that are sometimes just browsing our account or maybe listening to not everything we do, but at least they know they're still in the game. They're still putting out content. Ian must still be buying and selling real estate because he's still talking about it. So 
somebody finds me one, two, three, ten years later, if I'm still doing this, even if they haven't dialed into every shred of content I put out there, they know we're in the game and it, it builds credibility. That's 100% right. And you, you, you described what's called as pod fade. Um, 60 to 70% of podcasts live, start, and die within five episodes. So the people that stick it out, that create the discipline and the, and the structure for sticking with it usually win because, number one, it probably means that they're having success, whether it's themselves having success, learning from people, and you know, there's a lot of success measures for podcasts, and very few of them are direct money and sponsorship, by the way. A lot of people think that's what it is. It's less that. Um, it's more connection. It's more content. Um, 80% of our leads at the agency come through the podcast, and I rarely ever say, buy digital ads from Radical today, <laughs> you know, so... It's amazing how that happens, but yes, that consistency is the biggest thing. Um, and I, the other thing that I will mention, I'll throw out there, is the shiny object syndrome. Um, marketing has so many shiny objects and so many things that change with all the platforms. And you know, I'm a firm believer in kind of like the 80-20 rule. 80 percent of your audience and opportunity comes from 20 percent of the platforms, or like you know, one platform typically so focus there um and then maybe leave a little side time for like testing things but it's a lot of shiny object syndrome in marketing especially now and i just personally i have these little um they're sticky notes but they're like small legal pads and um what i'll do is i know every day there's probably like one to, less than five things probably two to five things i can put on this little line sticky note that will actually move the needle for me in like one session of being in my office. Now it doesn't mean I don't have like a hundred other things I should be doing, but I just, this is a few years ago, I just switched to making sure that that little yellow sticky note with my core things and, and the thing, if they make that sticky note, it means they make me money <laughs> or they get me closer to some monetized objective if, if, if it's for business. And it just streamlines my, streamlines my thinking, and I don't worry about the, you know, if my inbox has 100 unread emails, I'll get to the ones that matter, but I want to focus on that that little yellow legal pad, and it's kind of like the 80-20 rule, just in, in the way I've been applying it. Yeah, it's smart. I like that. Um, before we got going, you mentioned a, uh, a radical formula class that sounds very interesting. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, um, we're doing a mastermind. We're starting... Our goal is the end of the month, um, and you can come in at any time, whether you start then or not. But you can learn more at theradicalformula.com. It is marketing and mindset, but it's all around personal branding like we talked about. So we're giving you the secret formula. And because here's the thing, there's a lot of, of, of masterminds. There's a lot of coaching, a lot of stuff out there on marketing. There's a lot of stuff around mindset. But... I firmly believe that the secret sauce for people with personal branding is you have to get over your own ego, and mindset is so key. Andy Murphy, my partner, who's an NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programmer, it's basically training your mind to, to remove limitations so that you can literally reprogram your brain like software on a computer. Um, I've done it. I know it's true. Andy teaches on mindset one class a week or uh, – one week, the next week, I do personal branding and marketing. It's the secret sauce to exploding personal branding. You got to get your own self out of the way, and then I teach you the, the strategies and the tactics to kind of blow up your personal brand. And uh, we think it truly is the radical formula. And so, 
it's going to be starting here soon and people can get signed up and it's very approachable um, and uh, very reasonable for the amount of, of knowledge that we'll be kind of turning out. And I'll say this, I would join this like, and I don't mean this is, it may sound self-serving. I would join this just for the community we're building. <laughs> the access to me and Andy alone is worth the, the purchase price. But then the community that you surround yourself within this is going to be exponential value. So they, that peer-to-peer -peer benefit, the think tank, in addition to the fact that you have your leadership. Yeah. 100%. So cl clearly you're, um, you're either already or anticipating uh, drawing some, some heavy hitters, some, some people that everyone can grow with. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some, some heavy hitter real estate people in there, so you need to get in there. That's what, I, that's, <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pace Morby, who's in uh, more of the real estate, he's got a show on called uh, Triple Digit Flip on A&E. He's going to be in there. Torek El Musa from Flipper Flop. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So we've got some big hitters. I'm naming the quasi-celebrities, but we're going to have some big names in there and some access points that you won't get anywhere else. No, that's good. Even even my wife knows those names, and she's not in real estate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Excellent. And All right, and just to, been on the podcast, so we've been had a lot. We've had a lot of real estate people on, so check it out. Theradcast.com. Shameless plug. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to your radcast, and I definitely want to look at that. Uh, listen to that Grant Cardone episode and a few others, because um, I do find even if they're people that I don't 100 percent align with, getting a little bit from everybody has been critical in my life. I don't really have one exact mentor, but I've it's just this little cornucopia of influence that I've taken that that just works for me. And um, no, that that just sounds awesome. Yeah. All right, and um, as we kind of bring things bring things around here, is there anything else you want the audience to know? I think you've already told us where we can find you, but if you want to just kind of recapture it before we bring it together, go right ahead. No, I mean I just encourage people. We're living a moment in time with this personal brainy thing. It's not selfish. It's not about showing yourself in front of Lambos. It's not the, uh, you know, the bullshit that you see out there that's, you know, it's more about opening the, the opportunity door that's there through social media, through media in general, um, for sharing your knowledge, sharing your thought leadership, building relationships before you even have a phone call or a message and just leveraging that power. And, I, and I'm really, not only is it because it's something I do as a profession, I just believe it's such an untapped opportunity for a lot of people. I think some people here, they think, well, a lot of people are doing that. Well, they are, but they really aren't. And so it's such an untapped opportunity. Uh, and, you know, I'm just excited to see people leverage it. You know, I, I can identify with what you just said, because before I started this platform, I'm like, well, don't a lot of people have podcasts? And you talked about pod fade earlier. <laughs> Well, as I looked in, in like Northeast Florida, I mean, there are a, there are another couple, but, and like you said, do they put out content all the time? Not necessarily. I was like, it's not as crowded as I, as I initially thought. And then to your point earlier, if you just stick with it, you, you may be the only one around or the only one yeah. with like some, some seasoning. Um, I did have, I did have a thought. I have a, um, I have a 16 year old daughter and she is, you know, she grew up with most of the tools that we've been discussing, or she's very familiar. Do you see like an advantage for like that younger generation? I'm not even sure what they're classified as, um, but gen as they cut gen alpha, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time I've heard it. So do you, do you think they're going to be, you know, things are changing so rapidly. I'm sure from your days, 22 years ago with big national brands where you probably have to spend 
I don't even know how much to get billboard space and like what yellow book covers and, and to like now, like you said, if, if you can get your personal brand dialed in at a young age, I mean, where, how do you see this next generation kind of changing business? Well, it's going to be humongous and they have a tremendous opportunity. I literally own and have every platform. My son, I have four boys uh, and I owned all of their usernames across every platform I've already established for them and their URLs. Um, HudsonOffer.com, HoganOffer.com, <laughs> you know, like all of them. And because I'm setting them up for that, and I'm not going to put them in front of the camera and make them do things they shouldn't be doing. I keep them off social media now. My oldest is 12. I don't, I'm not going to let them do it until they're 14. But they will do it, and they're going to leverage it. And the ones that do are going to be ahead because even now I don't think parents know to teach their kids how to embrace it appropriately. Um, but there is a way to use it appropriately. And Web3, with the metaverse and NFTs and all that stuff, the, the opportunity is going to be less centralized. And, you know, everyone's going to have a wallet ID where, you know, all your data and everything is stored digitally. And so the, the fastest way to get ahead of that is to start kind of building, you know, and establishing your personal brand uh, early and often. That's amazing, and it's a lot to take in for a, a slow-moving real estate guy like myself. <laughs> <Yes>. But <laughs> watch, watch if you want to. If you want a shortcut, I know I've been shameless plugging the Radcast a lot, but there's so much knowledge. Allison Ferenci, who's the, uh, she started an AR company, but she's probably one of the most well-versed, and she simplified the metaverse and NFTs on this week's episode. It launched yesterday. I don't know when this will launch, but it was, you know, an, an April episode. If you go look back at it, but look at her episode and listen to her describe the metaverse and all that stuff. It was the simplest and most precise way that I've heard it described. <laughs> so, uh, I'll have to check yeah. that out. Yeah. Wow. And definitely in your radical formula class, that sounds very interesting. And yeah. um, I, I like to cast the characters you're already assembling. Well, this has been fun, Ryan. You know, um, your concentration, again, like I said at the beginning, it's outside of mine, and that's kind of what makes it fun. And um, I know personally – I'd love to use more of, of your specialties and concentrations. I'm going to check out your podcast and see what we can do in our investment efforts. And like you said, guys like Grant Cardone have been doing it for years. And I think the personal branding is is everybody needs to be thinking about it right now. So That's right. Ian, my pleasure. Uh, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think you're doing a great job with your show. And, you know, I'm here to add value. Everybody can check me out at Ryan Alford. I answer every DM I get on Instagram. And uh, I'm here to help. I'm not trying to cash in on every person like I, I give away my best advice um and i'll help any way i can wonderful all right guys well this has been a great episode please remember to rate and subscribe if you enjoyed this we're on all the platforms also on youtube if you want to see how handsome ryan is you can see us right there um keep it like i said keep in mind follow us because when we do in-person interviews i do stream them live on instagram we try and do real-time feedback when possible um, i'll keep you updated on any upcoming events and any investment opportunities as they emerge but for now we're going to wrap this episode and this is coach brown reminding everybody to lace up and leave it all on the field